welcome to the AD's office with Alex Larson and Devin Puckett. What's up, sports fans? Welcome to week 15, I think. Man, these things are blending together. Of the AD's office. He's Alex. I'm Devin. Office hours are open. We're here to talk about the NFL. 15 weeks in, and we finally have some teams who are officially locked into the playoffs. We finally have some teams who are officially knocked out, other than the Panthers and Patriots, which we've kind of known all along. Yeah, it's kind of nuts that it took us all the way to week 15 to have multiple teams clinch and multiple teams be officially out. It's an interesting mix. We'll get there after a little bit of who got in and who is officially done. But let's open up the way this week opened with the Las Vegas Raiders hanging 63 on the Chargers a week after they had a grand total of zero zilch nada against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, what a bounce back. I mean, we talked earlier this year about rallying around your interim coach, but holy crap, that was crazy. Oh, yeah. And supposedly Antonio Pierce, the interim coach for the Raiders, at halftime when they were up by mm, roughly 1,000, told the team, all right, we're halfway done. Put your foot down on the pedal a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. A sideline reporter asked him, what did you tell them at halftime? And he said, keep the pedal on the, or, or keep the gas on the pedal, something along those lines. And I was like, man, that is crazy. I legitimately thought that they were going to break the record. I thought they were going for 75, 80. I was like, wow. Yeah, and it, there's something about, we've said it all season, divisional matchups just mean a little bit more. There's a little more pride at stake. Yeah. And yep. I think Antonio Pierce wanted to make a statement as an interim coach. I think he wanted to say, hey, I can do this. Yeah, I think you're totally on the nose. It It's the first time in NFL history that we've had multiple teams score over 60 in the same season. And he's an interim head coach. That is crazy. He is for sure putting on. Oh, yeah. And he did it with a rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell is a brand new rookie quarterback, had four touchdowns in the game. And Devontae Adams, which we've kind of alluded to all year, needed to be getting more opportunities. He finally cracked 100 yards and hasn't done it since, I think, week three. So it had been a yeah. long time for the Raiders to start humming. On the other side of the field, the Chargers turned around, and I think everyone expected there would be some coaching changes after that game. We kind of expected there to be coaching changes before the game. Yeah, we. it was really a matter of when, not if, with the right. Chargers coaching yep. staff. But you called it, because I said, there's no way Staley makes it through the weekend. And you said, there's no way he makes it through tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You text me and you go, there's no way he makes it to Wednesday, right? And I said, I don't think he makes it to Sunday. And, and he did not. He did not. It... He was gone, um, and it's kind of a – it's not shocking that he got fired because we've seen him make a boatload of mistakes, yeah. right? Yep. But it is like he was a meteoric riser for a pretty small amount of time there. It took him from, you know, D3 college coach, I think, to head coach of an NFL team with – potential face of the franchise one of the top players in the nfl and like 
four or five years. He had, I think, one season, maybe two, as a defensive coordinator. He was essentially seen as the defensive Sean McVay, and he just flopped. Yeah. And I think you hinted at a potential franchise guy in Justin Herbert. I think that's a huge piece of why the Chargers moved on from Staley and the rest of the staff. When you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who most people would say has all of the makings of a true franchise top five for 10, 15 years kind of guy, you cannot waste that opportunity. Oh, totally. I'm right there with you. And, you know, he had the greatest rookie season of a quarterback in at least 20 years. You know, he broke pretty much all of Peyton Manning's and Baker Mayfield's records. They were the two previous holders of pretty much every rookie quarterback record. Yep. He smashed all those. Obviously, CJ Stroud smashed them again this year. Or if he hasn't already, he will, assuming he plays again. But yeah, I think their owner kind of put it best when he said, I'm not cool with just having continuity for continuity's sake. We're here to win football games. Yeah. It is interesting to me, though, the replacement I think most people expected. Yes. You expect Justin Herbert. Now, obviously, Herbert's out for the season, so maybe that is a factor. Maybe. But Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys for the last three years. His first year with the Chargers. I think most people expected Kellen Moore would be the interim head coach, give him the rest of this year to see how it feels, see if it gels. And assuming it goes well, you roll into next year with an offensive head coach. Instead, they promoted their linebacker coach. And it seems like they replaced a defensive guy with the older defensive guy. Yeah, I think you're totally right, but it does kind of remind me of a trend in the NFL lately. Like Antonio Pierce, I don't believe that he was a defensive coordinator. Um, Obviously, we have my guy, Dan Campbell. He was promoted from a tight end coach. Yeah. You know, we've seen this lately that it's not the coordinators who are always jumping to these head coach roles, which sometimes is turning out pretty cool, like Mike McDaniel and... Dan Campbell. Other times it you might get another Brandon Staley. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Chargers do. They've we've really I don't know, come to expect them to be textbook underachievers. Yeah. Good way of putting it. So, we'll see. It is not a position I envy for the new staff. I if I remember correctly, they're coming in projected next year at about 60 million over the cap which is quite literally impossible. Yeah, I was actually looking at cap numbers just the other day just cuz I wanted to see what exactly is the penalty for being negative cap money. The difference between something like I don't know, basketball mm-hmm. versus the NFL cap, they have a soft cap. If you go over it in basketball, you get taxed, whatever, owner pays it out of the pocket. Maybe you win a championship, who cares? You make a boatload of money. In the NFL, it's a loss of draft picks. It's players' contracts get voided. It's a whole lot of different things. Yeah. So imagine you're the Chiefs, and all of a sudden you go over the cap. 
You go to week one, you're ready to play your first game. Roger Goodell comes, knocks on your door, commissioner of the NFL, and says, actually, we're voiding Patrick Mahomes' contract. He's no longer a member of the Chiefs for right now, and you can't play him. Yeah. You're screwed. Oh, yeah. And the, I mean, for the Chargers, it could literally be Justin Herbert's not playing until you're cap compliant. So that new GM has to figure out how to come up with $60 million off the books. Yep. Which generally means cutting players and the Chargers best players, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, are not young. No. So the ta- on both sides, age and money, the Chargers could look really different next year. Yeah, and admittedly Eckler has most definitely lost step in these last few weeks. Yeah. He very much has been verbal and outgoing about the fact that he thinks he can get back to it he thinks that he is still a top five back in the league we'll find out keenan allen he's done pretty amazing things this season still against your vikings he put up over 200 yards it's true he's done that to a couple people though so we'll see if he's willing to take a pay cut uh i don't think he's worth moving quite yet it'll be interesting to see what they do another team that we thought was on the right track and just kind of fallen apart lately. The Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Colts this weekend. It was a 30 to 13 win for the Colts. Mitch Trubisky had two interceptions, only 169 yards. Didn't look good to the point that the Steelers are moving forward with Mason Rudolph as their starter uh, going into a divisional matchup with the Bengals. And Mm -hmm. Demonte Casey was ejected for a, it's essentially the NFL version of targeting that he went yeah. head to head on uh, Michael Pittman from Indianapolis, n- basically knocked him out cold and he was ejected from the game, which does not happen often in the NFL. Yeah. And then suspended the rest of the year. Yeah. It was a hefty penalty. I granted it's only a few games left, but woof. Yeah. That well, was like, and without pay. the hammer. Without pay yeah. for the remaining, I think it's three games left. Right. That's assuming the Steelers miss the playoffs, which based on their last couple of weeks, that's where they're headed. Right. But then you have this take from legends like Tom Brady jumped in on Twitter and said the penalty was or the suspension was outlandish because it shouldn't be the defender's fault. This is from Tom Brady's perspective. It should not be the defender's fault that the quarterback led the receiver into space right. where the the safety was able to come in full speed. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I think I agree with Tom here. It's like the player, you know, Michael Pittman, he was airborne at the time that he made that catch. Totally late. What's out. the defender going to do? You know, the defender's not expecting the guy. I mean, maybe he is, but you're not necessarily expecting a guy to jump up in the air and, you know, you're moving 15, 20 miles an hour oh, at yeah. this guy. And all of a sudden he's in the air. You can't stop yourself fast enough. Don't get me wrong. There are guys who are malicious, but I don't necessarily think that was. I agree. I don't think it was malicious. I think that's good. That's a good word. I don't think it was malicious. I think it was a little more aggressive than necessary to make sure. to make the play. 
but I don't, sure. I don't think he was coming in trying to knock his head off. I think he was just trying to make sure he did not get any yards after the catch. He was making sure if he catches this ball, he's down right here. And yeah. had, had Pittman not laid out for it, that hit probably goes midsection, you know, crushes him across the chest, and it's totally clean. Right. Exactly. And Tom Brady really echoed words of himself from a couple weeks ago where he said he thinks that the quarterback play in the NFL right now is terrible and he thinks they all need to step it up. He's, he's just kind of repeating himself at this point saying it's the quarterback's fault. It's Gardner Minshew in this case's fault for putting him in a situation where his health is at risk. It's an easy take to have from your couch. We, we know that we know former players true. You know, it's, it's easier to say it than to do it. And we also know that Brady did a pretty good job of keeping guys out of harm's way. Not always. There were moments and that is just part of the game. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski took their fair share of hits. Oh yeah. But more often than not, they were catching it in a good spot and able to avoid significant injury. Gardner Minshew though, you mentioned that kind of his fault. He also looked really good the rest of the game. He had three touchdowns, looks totally confident. And we've talked about it the last few weeks, Minshew mania and just the hair and the mustache and the jorts and the personality and swagger. Oh yeah. He he's going to start somewhere next year. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. He will be a starting quarterback next year. Week one, it will not be Indianapolis because Anthony Richardson has way too much potential. Right. So I don't know where he's going to end up, but the way Minshew's playing, he's better than a handful of current starting quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. He's definitely worth at least taking a flyer on. You know, if you're if you're the Jets, for example, Aaron Rodgers, the last couple of days has insisted he's coming back next season. He says. We have not seen the last of him in a Jets jersey. And he went out and he had some cliche but kind of awesome in an epic fantasy novel type of way quote about how the dawn has not fully risen yet or something along those lines. If you're the Jets, you've got this 40-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles tear. Maybe you take Gardner Minshew just in case and you pay him a boatload of money and maybe you end up in the playoffs. It's really interesting because the if the Jets had Minshew instead of the roller coaster that is Zach Wilson, they probably are a playoff team with that defense. Yeah, them or the Browns also. It's like Deshaun Watson's been terrible. Obviously, they're going to keep paying him no matter what. It's fully guaranteed. We've yeah. talked about how much we hate it. But man, if they would have had some consistency, which the last few weeks they have with Joe Flacco. But if they would have had Gardner Minshew all season, would they have won 12 games? Probably. Yeah, it'd be crazy to see. And another quarterback who kind of was taken this year as a prove-it opportunity, and I think has proven it, Mr. Dangerous, Baker Mayfield. He has the Buccaneers on top of the division, and we've we mentioned it last week. It was kind of the theme of our entire conversation that the NFC South is yeah. hot garbage. Yep. And amidst the hot garbage, 
Uh, Baker Mayfield has had some good moments. He actually has a higher passer rating this year, which stunned me. His passer rating on the season right now is 94.7. That is a full point higher than Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he absolutely crushed it this week. He was the first non-Packers player in Lambeau Field history to have a perfect passer rating in that building. Aaron Rodgers has done it once, and I think maybe Bart Starr had done it once previously or something along those lines, but never had a visiting quarterback done it, and Baker did it. Guy woke up feeling dangerous. I love him. He really did. And like you said, over the Packers, Baker had four TDs, and I think he was 22 of 28. So he was super efficient, really didn't have to throw it a lot. But when he did, he made the Packers eat it. Yeah, totally. If we stick with the NFC North, your Lions had a an interesting matchup against the Broncos. The Broncos have been riding high for the last few weeks. Yeah. A lot of media have been kind of iffy on the Lions. Yeah. And feeling really good. Yeah, we're technically media now in the last three weeks we had talked about how the lions had regressed yeah and then out of nowhere they wake up they look like the team that played the first month and a half of the season not the most recent month they probably were the best team in the nfl this week they looked good all around and they whipped the broncos it was not like a oh yeah close win it was 42 to 17 and it was 21 nothing at halftime. Yeah, which was the theme for most of the early season. Yeah. Lately, they've you know, gotten off track. They had a couple losses in the division to the Bears and to the Packers. But the Packers, now officially out of NFC North contention. They could yeah. still make the playoffs as a wild card team. But uh, the Lions, if they do this again this upcoming week, they'll be NFC North champions for the first time in history. Crazy. And they've already locked in at least the three seed. If they play the way they did this past weekend, then who knows what will happen. Yeah. I mean, if Goff is getting five touchdowns, this Lions team is going to ruin somebody's dreams. Yeah. And you and I were talking even before we started recording tonight, actually, about, I think probably about, if I had to put a number on it between 60 and 70% of the time, if you just force feed your best players, mm-hmm. you'll probably get a win. You know, we talked about it with Devonte Adams, for example. Yeah. But Jameson Williams, who you and I both know well, obviously it, he was involved in the pick that the lions and Vikings swapped a couple years back. He'd never had more than one touch in an NFL game before this week. Then He has seven targets. I think he caught four or five of those. He doesn't have a touchdown, but they did try to throw to him deep a couple times. They force fed Jameer Gibbs. He had a hundred receiving or a hundred rushing yards and a touchdown and another many receiving yards and another touchdown. Sam Laporta. He had three touchdown catches in that game. He's trying to make his case for best tight end in the league as a rookie. If you force feed those guys, good things are going to happen. Totally. Yeah, and I, as much as I hate it as a Vikings fan, it's kind of fun to watch Laporta step into that offense that had such a clearly defined tight end role for TJ Hawkinson. And, you, yep. I mean, you said it earlier in the season, the Lions basically replaced Hawk with a younger, maybe not as athletic 
version, but they went back to the same well. They're like, you know what? The Hawkeye tight ends work, and it, yeah. it, it's working. We all know how I feel about the GM Quezzy of the Vikings. He's made some good trades. The trades have been his saving grace, but at the end of the day, I'm like, man, you traded for Hawkinson, and then the Lions just replaced him, got someone who... Hawkinson has been a top three tight end in the league this year. Laporta's maybe number one, though. And it's like, that's not me saying he is the best, but he's probably having the best season. Yeah. For pennies on the dollar. Exactly. For, it's like For pennies on the million. Yeah. You could have saved millions of dollars to get debatably a better player. We'll, we'll find out what happens with the Vikings. I want to see a little bit more from them because of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Force feed your best players and good things happen. Totally. Vikings, and start force feeding your players. It, yeah. And the Vikings lost an overtime game this weekend to the Bengals. And it was the battle of the backups. Jake Browning replacing Joe Burrow and Nick Mullins replacing Kirk Cousins replacing Josh Dobbs. It was a 17-3 Vikings lead after the third quarter and Cincinnati went and put up 21 in the fourth quarter to send it to overtime. And the Vikings defense just ran out of gas in the fourth quarter and into the overtime period. The Vikings actually had a 92% win probability halfway through the third quarter. It's, it's a, it's an ugly loss. That's a little bit of the theme the last few weeks with the Vikes. Brian Flores has done amazing things with their defense this season. But in the fourth quarter, I think they're, they're something like the 28th ranked team or 31st ranked team somewhere around 30, there. They're 31st. And yeah. 31st ranked team in fourth quarter defense. I think in the other three quarters over the last month, they're the number one ranked defense. Yeah. Now they're through the first three quarters. They are top three in basically every category. And then in fourth quarter, they're bottom three in basically every category. So are they just gassed or what's happening there from the Bengals game specifically? I would, I think that is what happened. I think the offense did not stay on the field for any sustainable drive. And so sure. The defense was just out there and the way that Flores schemes things, they blitz a ton and they're blitzing from all over. They're sending linebackers. They're sending safeties. They're moving guys all over the place. Josh Metellus has played every possible position on the defense this year. He has recorded snaps on all the spots of the defensive line, all the linebacker spots, and all of the defensive back spots. Flores moves people around like crazy. So that defense does not have a different gear. It's just full speed. And when they are out there over and over and over, it it looked like they were just exhausted. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right. And, you know, there was overtime, and that adds into it. You're playing longer than necessary right there. I think that Nick Mullins gives them the best chance to win because he plays most similar to Kirk Cousins, who was obviously lost for the season for the Vikings. Yeah. He is, I think he is capable of force-feeding Hawk and force-feeding Jefferson if he's told to and he's put in a good enough situation to do so. The Vikings very much have playoff possibilities. Yeah, still. they, Yeah, they're probably not winning the North. They would have to win out, which also the Lions would have to lose out. 
If the Lions win a single more game or the Vikings lose a single more game, the Lions win the division. Yep. And that probably gets settled this weekend because Lions are playing at Minnesota. And as of now, the Lions are favored as the road team. Yeah. If Lions win, the North goes to Detroit and Vikings are fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah, and I think that the Vikings can still definitely get in as a as a wild card spot. I don't think that they're winning the division just because so many things would have to go right for them. Yeah. Versus the Lions need one thing to go right for them. Yeah. We did get our definitive answer on what you and I talked about last week, though. Will the Lions be resting their starters in week 18 if it matters? Dan Campbell came out and he said, yeah, they can rest when the season's over. Um, yeah. No. So he's never resting starters i don't think now it'll be the middle of february when they want to rest yeah Uh, if dan has his way and if i have my way (laughs) now the final team in the nfc north the bears lost to the browns 20 to 17 and bad weekend for the bears it was a bad weekend for the bears i will say somebody pointed out i don't remember who it was that somebody that I've followed along with on Twitter, X, whatever, pointed out that Justin Fields was drafted by a previous general manager. Ryan Poles has no personal loyalty to Justin Fields. Yep. We kind of talked about the rest of this season feels like an audition for Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Can he do enough that Chicago says you're worth a lot of money because he's he's come and due for a lot of money if he stays as the starter. Or with the yeah. probable number one overall pick, not a guarantee at this point, thanks to the Carolina Panthers and their little bit of spunk. But the Bears are probably picking number one overall. They could replace Fields with anybody they want and reset that clock, reset that salary clock. The other side of that one, the Browns with Joe Flacco. Um, remember, Joe Flacco is elite people and just i i just want you to i want you to hear this stat line and tell me this is not an elite quarterback all right he goes 28 for 44 374 yards uh three interceptions and two touchdowns what what was that middle part uh 374 yards (laughs) and yeah yeah and the three interceptions three interceptions yeah it was but it was seven to 17 going into the fourth quarter and Flacco led the comeback. I don't I don't really think Flacco led the comeback. I think the Browns just shut out the Bears for the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that you're right. I also think that their tight end, David Njoku, for the Browns, he's been a stud the last couple of weeks. He definitely wants his payday, too. They, man, they could have almost anyone. As long as you're better than Deshaun Watson, which most people are, play quarterback then you're going to win a lot of football games with the browns so man shout out to those guys please move on from deshaun watson yeah please 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 Please. on the other side of the coin the bears though not only did they lose but they also own the panthers first round pick yep currently set to be the number one overall pick and those guys won for only the second time this year yeah and that was um that was an ugly game. The Panthers beat the Falcons in a thrilling 9-7 to score. 
the NFC South, hot garbage. There will not be a wild card team there. And the Falcons losing no. hurts their playoff chances considerably. The Bucks are now yes. in the driver's seat there. And a couple other teams are, well, done. Team that is officially out of the playoffs and likely means we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers again this season. The New York Jets officially eliminated from playoff contention for the 13th straight year. They were completely shut out this weekend. The Dolphins just whooped them all over the field. And, I mean, the Dolphins did it without Tyreek Hill. He decided... Yep. I think the official story was he decided to rest his ankle. Uh, But I think there was probably a conversation somewhere of, we're playing the Jets, dude. We don't need... I don't need you. Yeah. Like that's a pretty good point. <laughs> like we we don't need we don't need full strength to beat the Jets. We and in their defense, the Dolphins completely played that the way that they expected. Jalen Waddle stepped up. He had eight receptions, 142 yards, including a 60-yard bomb to the house, stepped in where Tyreek was out. Dolphins probably stay a little bit healthier, get a little bit better down the road. And the Jets are done. On one hand, I want to say, man, Waddle, he balled out. He finally looked really, really good. We're super glad that they have their racetrack NFL team, you know? Yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, I think Waddle has only played in the entirety of two games this season. He had a scary injury to start the game. Uh, Is he going to be able to take over full-time for Tyreek Hill when Tyreek claims he's going to retire after another season or two or are they going to have to bring someone else in who's a little bit more durable i think probably that i think it will probably be yeah waddle i think is a great number two and he fits the profile of what miami wants to do with just barn burner speed i don't i don't know if he has that durability i think you're right yeah we will certainly find out. This weekend, it obviously didn't matter. They win 30-0 to zero over the Jets, like you mentioned. Yeah. Man, Rodgers did come out, and he said he hasn't been medically cleared. It'll probably take another three weeks before he does that. Yeah. Well, guess what's in three weeks? The playoffs. They're not making those. You're absolutely right. He's not coming back. It's not, not worth it. Season. And it's not worth it. You've mentioned several times this season, if he plays a single snap, comeback player of the year is his. Yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to say it. I think he gets votes for comeback player of the year just for being cleared to practice. I don't think he wins it, but I think he gets his name thrown out. And I think we talk about it just because he I mean, he is practicing in the same season as an Achilles tear. Truly incredible. But with the playoffs officially off the table it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk for him personally. And it's certainly not worth the risk for the jets. If I am on the jets coaching or training staff, or if I'm the GM guy, if I'm signing checks, the answer is no, we are not risking that again. Yeah. And currently the news out of New York or not technically New York, New Jersey, whatever the current news and kind of little snippets we've been hearing are that they're going to allow Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator and Robert Sala and their GM to all stay next season, chalk this season up as 
okay, we could have been good if Rodgers stayed healthy. Rodgers gets one more test. If he fails it, then all those guys lose their jobs too, and probably himself. Yep. If they make the playoffs, don't win the Super Bowl, because I don't think they can, then that team probably gets to go again, probably gets to swing at another quarterback. We'll see how long they can stick around. Yeah. We also had three other teams officially eliminated this weekend. And just quickly, let's hit all three. First is the Titans. They lost to the Texans. It was a boring game. 1916 overtime win. However, the Texans did it without C.J. Stroud. That says something. And C.J. Stroud likely not going to play against the Browns. So Case Keenum will get another opportunity there. I mean, I, I watched Case Keenum and the Vikings pull off the improbable. I'm not going to say that he can't get it done for the Texans. I also know that CJ Stroud is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. Yeah. I think the most notable storyline here is honestly that CJ Stroud has been talked about as possibly the MVP missing multiple games. You won't be, he's still going to win offensive rookie of the year. He's not going to get a single vote for MVP or at least he shouldn't. Not if he missed this many games. Yeah. That's a good point availability does matter in that vote. Yep. Uh, The commanders also knocked out of the playoffs officially, probably the end of Ron Rivera in Washington. And it was a 20 Sam Howell and maybe the end of Sam Howell, because the only sign of life that the commanders had in their 28, 20 loss to the Rams was at the end of the game when it was Jacoby Brissett in at quarterback on one I'm using this phrase a lot, I guess, but on one hand, you say Sam Howell's made some pretty throws and he has a million yards and he's got a decent amount of touchdowns. And yeah, there's a lot of picks, but he's a a fifth round. Well, not a rookie, I guess. Last year was his rookie year, I suppose. But either way, the reason why he's putting up all those yards and touchdowns, he averages throwing the ball 20 times more than the typical NFL quarterback. He's essentially doubling the amount of passes that every other quarterback in the NFL has. Of course he's got a billion yards. Yeah, that's that's one way to do it. Just sheer volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he's sticking around. You, you can't repeat that. Like, his shoulder's going to be destroyed next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's just not going to have it. And we don't think he has it anyway. True. And then the... The last team to get eliminated this weekend, the Arizona Cardinals, are mercifully done for their actual chances. Um, And it came at the hands of a very heavy-handed 49ers win, 45-29. Yep. Interestingly, the Cardinals actually had more total yards. They had 436 offensive yards uh, compared to San Francisco's 406, so 30 more yards. Uh, But... Christian McCaffrey had three touchdowns and they also had a pick six and Brock Purdy basically did nothing wrong. So, you know, when you uh, play against the best that you got to bring your a game and the Cardinals don't have an a game. Yeah, not, not right now. They don't. It's very much up in the air. What'll happen. They're going to have a top three or four draft pick at worst. Do they look at bringing in a guy or are they taking Marvin Harrison Jr. to kind of give Kyler the next best thing at wide receiver? Yeah, we'll find out. But 
both Brock Purdy and George Kittle said after the game that if they had a vote, Christian McCaffrey would be their MVP. Yeah. That speaks volumes. Purdy is the favorite heavily after the game that the Cowboys had this past weekend. 100%. To win. He's being a good teammate by saying that uh, he wants another guy to win it. It's it might legitimately come down to two guys on the same team, which you and I have both said we hate. Yeah, because if two guys on the same team are that close, then really neither of them is the most valuable. I'm not shocked. Right. I'm not shocked at all that Purdy said he'd give it to McCaffrey. That's what he's supposed to say. You're right. Right. Good teammate. Right. Kittle's take was interesting, though, because he said that he would give it to Christian McCaffrey, not not in spite of everything that Purdy has done. Kittle's take was basically, as a defense, there are certain guys that you have to completely change your defensive plan to account for. Tyreek Hill was one he specifically mentioned, and then Christian McCaffrey. You just can't play them with your standard defense because McCaffrey is too good too versatile he's a threat out of the backfield he's a threat on screens he's a threat running routes you you just can't cover him like a normal running back yeah dude dominates plain and simple that said the mvp is a quarterback award so uh brock Purdy is the betting favorite for sure yeah assuming they don't have a cowboys like destructive game in the next three weeks which I, as a Lions fan, again, am holding out for because if Matthew Stafford and the Rams do their job and they win a game and then the 49ers drop a game to the Ravens and the Lions win out, the Lions have the one seed. Hey, anything is possible. It's not happening. Let's <laughs> be clear. <laughs> On the other side of things, we did have a couple teams clinch playoff spots and two of them earned their way there. Two of them got some help. The 49ers are one we just talked about. They they earned it. They absolutely belong in the playoffs. And it's kind of surprising it took them until now to officially clinch it. Because yeah. we all kind of knew this was inevitable. We've known they're the best team in the league for months, right? Yeah, like, no, it was... They had a three-week stretch where they were, oh, maybe they're vulnerable. And then it was like, oh, wait, they're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, no, the, the 49ers are Thanos and... This was inevitable. They're there. Yep. Totally. Picking up the Infinity Stones on their way to the NFC Championship game. The Eagles and Cowboys, though, both got into the playoffs officially, even though they both lost this weekend. The Eagles lost to the Seahawks, who are still kind of alive. And the e- Barely. Man. Barely. But the Eagles are interesting. They don't... They just don't look right. And... I, we're not really sure what the issue is. There was a report last week that there was a players only meeting to talk about uh, Jalen hurts and his turnover issues. He's obviously had some critical fumbles. He's had more interceptions this year than ever. Um, and season's not over. Do you think there's actual validity to the team is doubting if Jalen can get it done? I don't think so. I I heard this take on the radio, actually, and I, I think it's legit. And that's essentially a few years ago, Steve Kerr, the NBA head coach of the Golden yep. State Warriors, he made a comment about Clay Thompson, who is 
a star player going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer for that NBA team, the Golden State Warriors. He said, Clay isn't high maintenance. Clay isn't low maintenance. Clay is no maintenance. I think Jalen Hurts is the same thing. And it's really like Jalen Hurts can borderline do no wrong. Like, yeah, his interceptions are up. Okay, so are Patrick Mahomes is. You know, you can be an amazing quarterback and still have bad things happen to you. Like, yeah, he threw two picks this past weekend. One of those was a pretty clear defensive pass interference that wasn't called. That's not Jalen's fault that the refs yeah. missed it. Yeah, that's true. It'll be interesting to see where the Eagles end up. They have looked like the best team, and then they've looked like they're not good. And I don't know, it's hard to figure out what they're actually going to bring any given Sunday. Which can also be said of the Cowboys, especially after this weekend. They have had a couple really impressive games, but uh, then they went to Buffalo, and Dak Prescott had an MVP case right there for the taking. Oh, yeah. And it got stampeded by the Bills. Yeah, stampeded is the right term to use, too. Typically, when you see the Bills win a game 31-10, to 10, you're like, Oh, Josh Allen threw for 270 and two touchdowns yep. and he rushed for another 110 and a touchdown. Yep. Not, not this week, no. much to your fantasy team's dismay. Yeah. He, he did not show out. Not. James Cook really carried the load for them. Yeah. Cook had 179 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen, their franchise quarterback only attempted 15 passes, attempted 15. He completed seven of them. It was he joked after the game that it was like being in a group project in school where you do no work, but you get an A. Yeah. He, that was pretty much how yeah, it pretty accurate, but the bills got the a 31 10 over the surging Cowboys. It's a critical win for the Buffalo bills. They are still technically alive in the playoff hunt. I still don't think they make the playoffs. I think that's just statistically the odds aren't there. With the Broncos losing, they certainly have a shot. I genuinely think, and this is going to sound kind of bizarre, but I think the best chance the Bills have is not a wild card spot. It's winning the division. And I say it, it could be. I say yeah. it because right now Miami is leading the division. Uh huh. The Dolphins have to play the Cowboys, which, eh, which version of Dallas shows up, we don't know. But then they have to play the Ravens and the Bills in the final two weeks of the season. Assuming Miami yep. loses to a rebounding Cowboys team, I think the Dolphins lose to Baltimore. Yeah, probably the best team in the AFC. Final week of the season could be Bills-Dolphins for the East. And we already saw the Bills kind of smack them around once. Yeah. So that, I think, is the Bills' best opportunity of getting into the playoffs. They're not there yet, and the Cowboys, who took a beating because of some other losses, are officially getting in. And on that one hand, the Bills might be the best team in the NFL at this exact moment. Not over the course of the season, Yeah, but at this exact second... Oh, you don't? Yeah, we hype up the 49ers and we hype up the Ravens. Nobody wants to play the Bills. Not a single soul. You're absolutely right. 
the way they have played the last couple weeks, it's scary. They're when they're firing on all cylinders, and they had this impressive performance over the weekend, like we already said, without Josh Allen being a factor. Yeah. So they have yeah. another gear. Like there's more to them than oh, several more gears. I think if they put it all together, oof, they could be scary, and that really will be something to watch because if if they make the playoffs look out yeah that's for sure another team that nobody is going to want to play in the playoffs the ravens they smacked around the jags this weekend yeah they did trevor lawrence got smacked around very heavily he's got a concussion he's probably not playing next week for the first time he says that about brock purdy too right that's true we said it about brock purdy Purdy ended up playing, but he looked like a zombie for three weeks. So, yeah, very true. If the Jaguars watched any of that, they should let Trevor rest. Let that brain uh, heal a little bit. With CJ Stroud out, they're probably winning the division anyways. Give him a week. Give him a week. Now, the Ravens quite literally just pounded the Jags into the dirt. They had 251 rushing yards. 23 to 7. The Ravens have looked good against all of their competition this year. It's basically become more and more clear that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. I don't think there's a huge argument. Today, right now, the Bills are scary. They haven't been consistent. The Ravens have consistently been really good. They've won the close games against good teams, and they've put the hurt on the bad teams. Well, and they've put the hurt on a couple of good teams. We thought the Seahawks were good when they destroyed them. Yeah. We thought the lions were great when they destroyed them. We still think the lions are somewhere in that good to great category. Yeah. They've dominated. And we're going to see next week, potentially a super bowl preview with the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the 49ers on Christmas day. And as of now, the Niners are favored. They are five and a half point favorites at home. I think it's a really interesting game on two fronts. One, how close are the AFC and NFC? Because right now we think Ravens and Niners are the top on either side. How close is that? But then the second layer that I think is super interesting, is it easy enough to just say, the winner of this game, the quarterback, is the MVP? I don't think so. We've never seen Purdy have an actively bad game. Even when he was concussed, he was fine to below average. Sure. We've seen Lamar have games where he was a non-factor this season. Sure. So I think that If Purdy has an actively bad game, I think, yes, that is an absolute conversation to be had. If Purdy is fine or better, I think it's his the rest of the season. I think you're right. I think think Purdy can do less and still win MVP. If If the Niners win and it's basically the McCaffrey show or the Debo Samuel show, or the Brandon Ayuk show, or the George Kittle show, and Purdy is just kind of there, that doesn't hurt Purdy's chances of MVP. If the Ravens win and Lamar balls out, 
I think it makes a really good push for his case. But it has to be on him. Like, Lamar, I'm thinking, like, three touchdowns, you know, 250 passing yards, probably, like, 80 to 100 rushing yards, maybe a rushing touchdown. Like, that kind of performance against the Niners, I think, puts Lamar in the driver's seat for MVP. A very average day, you're right. From Brock Purdy, if he has 200 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, and the Niners get the win, right now I think you're right. It's Purdy's yeah. It's Purdy's award to lose. Yeah, I think that that's a really good way of putting it, is it's his to lose. I think Lamar can put himself in the conversation this week. I don't think he can put himself as the front runner this week. Regardless of what he does, Purdy would have to actively lose it. I don't think mm. Lamar can take it. Yeah, no, I could see that too. And last week we said the really the race was really down to Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott, and Dak was a no show this weekend. So exactly, Dak lost his stand. I don't. I don't think Dak can do enough to get exactly. Back in it. No, no, I think you're totally right. I think that at this point in the season, and it's been a much closer MVP race than we've seen in some time. I think that at this point, Dak, uh, Brock would have to actively lose it. I don't think it can be taken from him. I don't think anyone can make up enough ground. The only way would be if he slows down, if he did what Dak did this last weekend and is terrible and other people ball out, that makes it a conversation but you'd have to bring Brock down and elevate yourself. You can't have just one or the other. Yep. And that's why I think this weekend with the Ravens Niners, the head to head could be that. I'm not saying I think it will. Yeah. If Lamar balls out and Purdy has a bad game, maybe it's a new conversation. If Brock is fine, even if they lose, if he's fine, if he's not the problem, he's probably still leading yeah it's it might be too simplistic to say you give it to the quarterback of the best team but often you give it to the quarterback of the best team usually yeah and right now we both have in the power rankings the Niners as the best team I think we actually have the same top six or seven this week with Niners Ravens as one two and Yep. The Bills surging up to three, Dolphins four, Cowboys five, and yeah, Lions six, Eagles seven. Yeah, these Eagles and Cowboys teams both showed major vulnerabilities while the Lions absolutely surged. Lions, you've got Cowboys in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Cowboys, you've got Lions in two weeks. Uh, that could impact not only the two seed, but maybe even the one seed um, if the 49ers falter, so... Yeah, we will see exactly what happens. Yeah, some of these conference matchups that the schedule makers put together at the end of the season actually will matter, which is kind of fun as a fan to watch games that you know a lot is hanging on the results of these things. Yeah, yeah, I am right there with you. It's going to be an exciting last couple of weeks. Nerve-wracking for some, but exciting nonetheless. Yep, and on the bottom, we match up pretty much the bottom yeah five six again it's uh panthers patriots commanders bad bad and bad yep and even the three above that we've got titans jets and 
you've got Raiders, I've got Chargers. I personally can't put the Raiders that low when uh they put 63 on the Chargers, but we've got the same bottom five, so yeah, we we know what teams are now. We didn't for a while, but now we yeah we know yeah the dirt has settled to the bottom and the cream has risen to the top. I'm I'm mixing milk and water here, but things are getting clearer. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, things are getting pretty clear. We still don't really know what a bunch of the middle teams are, but if you're a middle team, you're not you're not really making the playoffs anyways, and you're not going to have a top pick, so you're just kind of stuck in mediocre land, and we don't care about you. I care. That's where I live. M- mediocre land is Minnesota. Fair enough. NFC North report. We've both got back-to-back-to-back for the other three teams. You have the Vikings at 18, Packers 19, Bears 20. I've got the Packers 18, Vikings 19, Bears at 20. And then obviously you mentioned we've both got the Lions at six. Yeah, at least we uh, are pretty consistent in how we see ourselves and see the people immediately around us. It is kind of funky, though, considering that the Packers, we know it's mathematically impossible for them to win the division. Same with the Bears. The Vikings could probably not, but... Either of the Vikings or Packers could make the playoffs, and we've got them as the 18th and 19th best teams in the league. So what's that tell you? Uh, it tells you just because you got invited to the dance doesn't mean you're going to go home as the prom king. Good way of saying it. I was homeschooled. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. That's enough out of us. Office hours are officially closed. We will be back next Wednesday, as always. Thanks for hanging with us. Make sure you follow along on social media at the AD's office and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Share this with your mom. See ya. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.